Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Walton's Inc., based out of Wichita, Kansas. Walton's, uh, their tagline is everything but the meat. You can find out more about them at waltonsinc.com. Uh, they have you know grinders, slicers, uh, gloves, knives, um, spices, you know spice mixes. They have everything you need um, to process your harvest. Um, you know that we talk about in these episodes. So make sure to check them out. Waltonsinc.com. Also brought to you by Clay Shooting Apparel. Uh, Clay Shooting Apparel is a small company based out of Pennsylvania, and they make some awesome apparel. Um, you know, hats that say "pull." Uh, I, I like to yell and break things. Um, are a couple of the fun, funny phrases they have on them. So, if you like to have a good time and have some cool stuff, make sure you check out ClayShootingApparel.com. Now, this episode, um, we're up in Hecla, South Dakota, at one of my favorite places to hunt pheasants, and I brought a couple of my buddies along, and um, we're smacking birds for the next couple of days, and, you know, this is the first night, we got a little rowdy, we had a little bit of fun, and, uh, you know, this trip, I always really enjoy it, uh, these guys have to cut up, and um, let's give each other a hard time, so it's a little bit, uh, a little rocky, it's a little long episode, but um, we have a little bit of a sponsorship hour in there, so I always like to name drop, and so do uh, so do my buddies on that, so I hope you enjoyed this episode, and next week, I'm going to tell you more about the place for hunting, it's called Heckler Dakota Hunting Farms, and we're going to talk with my buddy Bruce Borowski of Trophy Ridge Outfitters next week. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode, and um, let's get to it. Welcome to Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. We're here in Hecla, South Dakota, shooting some pheasants today. Um, how's everybody doing today? Excellent. Phenomenal. Awesome. Do, doing good. We have like 18, four, maybe 18, 19 people around this table. Not really. Eight or so. Um, we've been up here uh, shooting birds day one, just today. We came in yesterday and yep. it kicked one or two pheasants out of a, a little public land patch. I can't count. I'm sorry, Nathan. It's so. nine, brother. Nine. nine. We got nine. Listen, yeah, I wanted the data count. right. Yeah. Details. Right. It's all about go back the data. and edit that. It's all about the data. So what I'm going to do real quick is we're going to go to my left here and have everybody introduce themselves. So I'll start with my buddy, Brandon Hayden. I'm Brandon. Um, I'm just really thankful to be here and uh, really happy that you invited me. I've had a great time so far. And uh, I shot two birds this morning and I'm just thrilled to death. So uh, thank you. And I want to mention real quick, we're all thankful to have you here, Brandon. Since you cooked um, tonight, thank you. Dude, this guy's cooking tonight. Phenomenal! He was off cooked yesterday. Yeah, you're right, cooked last night. Cooked some uh, blackened fish tacos last night. Tonight was elk steak. That's Dude. right. Oh, man, it was, it was Don't bomber. forget the sauce. That's right. Well, what was that? Uh... So we made steak, steak up poivre tonight, um, which is just a, a pepper-coated steak. Uh <clears throat> You, you coat the steak in pepper and you fry it uh, in, in some butter and olive oil. And uh, after you take the steak out and you let it rest for a little bit, you flambe some some brandy in there. We use bourbon because there's no fucking brandy in bird camp. Amateurs here. Amateurs and, are uh, I don't have brandy here for you. Yeah. Um, and so you, then you just put a little bit of cream, splash a splash of fresh bourbon and uh, like a half a pinch of salt and it thickens up. You wait till it coats the spoon. And then uh, pour it over your steaks, and it, it just creates a, a beautiful flavor. I think if you like candy, and clearly everybody here likes bourbon. So, or if you like food, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, seriously, man. yeah, it was great. I was happy with it. I hope you guys were. Oh, yeah, very much. So, oh, yeah, really good. Uh, Matt, my name is Matt Katsimanis. I'm a uh, not as impressive as Brandon is. 
Um, been friends with Dan for a few years now, and I'm, I'm definitely happy to be here. I've had a blast so far the past couple of days. Cool, man. Cool. Nathan, the Nathan Brooks. Yes, sir. I'm Nathan Brooks. I'm CEO of Bridge Turnkey Investments, and I have a real estate company. And I'm I'm used to doing lots of podcasts, and I love talking and being a part of amazing people, talking about amazing things. Uh, in this case, I am not the guy that knows everything. I am the guy that is sitting here learning and absorbing and, and having an incredible time with all these amazing men and mentors that are in my life. And I'm uh, just incredibly thankful and blessed to be here. Yeah, I'm Jack to have you here, man. I'm, I'm excited. So, Matt? Oh, that, was, that was a long intro. I don't know if I can, if I can do it to have a minute. So bear with, bear with like me. Huge. Yeah, 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 I got a lot of clout. So, <laughs> no, uh, my name is Matt. Uh, first time South Dakota pheasant hunter. Oh, man, it's been great. Uh, anytime you get to hunt a new piece of land, it's just amazing what you see. You know, deer coming out of the deep stuff, you know, almost knocked a couple of us out a couple times. Uh, you know, you just, yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was just a great first day. And uh, the best thing about it is we got two more, uh, two more to go. So excited to see what else happens. So uh, my name is Garrett Pullman. Um, as far as Upland goes, this is my first Upland trip, so I'm happy to be here and learning from some people that have done it for uh, many years. Uh, it's been an interesting and fun day, so uh, looking forward to the next two. Yeah, this is Bruce Borowski. I'm uh, honored to be here uh, with Daniel. NWTF uh, and- Employee of the Year? Yeah. I believe so. Uh, right, Bruce. I think we voted on that. <laughs> voted on that tonight. Congratulations, chapter approved. In the presence of royalty, chapter approved. <laughs> chapter approved. <laughs> anyway, Second. so I'd like to uh, thank Daniel for having me, and it's been a blast. Great group of people, um, making a lot of new friends, and, and just having a great time here. Um, Brandon, phenomenal chef <clears throat> um, with the elk steaks and yeah. the walleye last night. Um, can't wait for tomorrow night and know what we're having, but. Really, it's just it's a great time, a lot of fun, and that's what this is about: fellowship and uh, just just having a great time, a lot of laughs, uh, a lot of good time, great people. So, Brandon Wilmoth, Kansas Regional Director for NWTF, not uh, not not employee year, just. Chase, just chasing Bruce, you know. I heard Bruce was going to be in camp, so uh, just trying to learn one or two learn things from, he's from what his, he's doing his, uh, to uh, really appreciate yeah. what's, what's going on. But, no, honestly, it's been a really good time. Nothing like walking into camp and not knowing anybody except for uh, Bruce and Daniel, and we all are together, and we're having a good time. And looking forward to two more days of chasing birds. Amen. Last but not least – Number nine for counting. Number nine. Thank you. I'm D Money. Uh, I've known Daniel for several years. He hires me to come up and clean up his triples. Yes. We appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, we appreciate that. Always have to live in handy. If you could see the hat right now, it is uh, sexy and backwards. So uh, that's all you need to know. the truth. This guy's here to party. Yeah. Thank you, Denton. For that, do you mind? Um, I think you're a professional greed guy. Oh, there you go. Out of the Arkansas. Yep. So, well, cool. What? Um, no, I'm excited for this trip. I've been looking for this trip um, since last year. You know, Dent and I came up here with a couple of guys, and they weren't able to make it this year, but um, I put together another crew, and I'm excited about you guys being here, man. It's, um, I-, I will admit, like, everyone's meshed really well. Um, I think it's been really cool. Because uh, I, I, um, I was talking to someone earlier. Not a lot of you guys know each other, but you know me. 
right. and that's kind of the connection. And yep. um, watching you guys all come in and just you know bro out, it's been really cool for me to see. And there's been a little bit of shit talking. That's for our camp. Yep, 100%. So. Uh, the reason why nobody came back with you from last year is because <laughs> the cattails that we had to walk through today. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and you didn't my tell legs me. are really tired, <laughs> and you did not tell me about this at all. Which day was it we were going to shoot <laughs> our limited birds by 2 o'clock? And just it was 2 o'clock. Yes. <laughs> you have officially lied to me. If you get people from the West that are used to like climbing mountains and stuff like this, this was a good day. Oh, but yeah, these these flatlanders from, yeah. from Kansas that are used to walking like 75 point. yards to their tree stand from their truck. It's like, <laughs> you know, walking through cattails. It was like a tough day for some. Yeah, 18,609 <laughs> steps. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we had we had about 20,000 steps today. Some of us chose to walk on the outside. Yeah. Seven, <laughs> seven miles. <laughs> I'll, I'll run with you. With age comes wisdom. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now. Well, I tell right? people, as I said, the reason, that's why you have dogs. You know, it's important to go to the cattails for you. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Bruce, who uh, was just speaking and talking about his flatlanders. Um, Bruce, how many times did you block today? I think you're the leading blocker. So I'm going to pass the mic on. Though. Oh, yeah, no, hand it over here. No, no, this no, is you're going to talk smack. Bring it over there, This Alice. is not a president. Bring it over. Nope. This is just, we got to pass it on. Absolutely. Everybody right nailed that. That's oh. awesome. Absolutely nailed that. That's good, guys. Got him. Um, so, out of the nine guys we got here, who has ever hunted South Dakota Pheasants before? Not me. So three of us, three people. Three, no, that's pretty cool, man. I think mm-hmm. that's close on the trip. I know Mark has hunted birds before, so the eleven guys up here, there's probably four or five of us have done it before. Um, hey, and I, I've said this before: the reason I come to South Dakota, and I think you guys saw it today, is the number of birds. We oh. ha- there's birds here, man. Um, you know, I was talking to my buddy Jake that runs this place, and um, you know, I said we saw plenty of birds at Harrow Limit, you know, and. Um, the wind was not in our favor today, a lot of the day. Um, the piece of ground we walked just today was a lot of cover. You know, I mean, there was not open spots, not a lot of cut corn or anything. And so it was just hard just pushing birds around in cover. And I saw these two or three birds that were running, you know. We had dogs out, so we didn't want to shoot them. And, um, but we put eyes on 200 birds today. At least. No oh, absolutely. I think for people who maybe aren't listening to this or from – for me, who is a pretty inexperienced bird hunter, I would be curious as you approach a field like that, or if somebody was thinking about mm-hmm. South Dakota, like what would be a few things? Sorry, I see your podcast. No, 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 do it, do it. Man. <clears throat> I, what, what would be a couple things that you would be thinking about when you are approaching a field uh, and or like the conditions wise that would make it either ideal or not? Yeah, so. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to cut you off. I kind of like to add to his question just a little bit. There was a field that we walked today where we walked the field. I mean, dogs were in it. We were relatively close to each other. And then we hit some water, and I had to turn back. And as I'm turning back, there's roosters shooting in and out of cover there. We just walked it. I saw there was four dogs and ten guys, but there's roosters that didn't even get up. Yeah, so I'll kind of answer that question in two spots. And and other guys jump in, too. I know we got some other more experienced guys. but So first off, that field we walked today – it, it runs true northwest, east-west, or north-south-east-west, and so it's really easy to break it up like that. And The wind was north-northwest, so the perfect opportunity would have been to walk it into the wind. So the dogs can smell the birds. Um, 
what we were trying to do initially, and like I didn't realize how much water was in that field when we started off, was I knew that the first couple walks, like the first couple passes to that field, you're not going to shoot birds because what you're doing is you're basically pushing them into the cover. You know, it, everywhere around there, we saw yesterday guys were burning part of the field around it. Like they're going to stay in that section. You know, we had two sections butted up against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what my plan was to kind of push them on that first push and then back through and try to get to the cover or push them into the cover and then we can shoot them up. And I think you guys saw like, as we kind of started to work towards the back of that field, like 150 yards ahead of us, there's 70, 80 roosters or birds just coming out of cover. Yeah. So and what's weird is um, when there's high winds, they seem to spook earlier. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why that is. I'm sure a biologist someone could explain that better to me, but I've noticed that. I don't know if you guys have noticed that um, systematically, but that's, the best way I found to hunt any field like that where you have, where it's all cover, you know, we had a mile section of cover mm-hmm. is you got to work it systematically in a line, push it, push it again. And you're going to not kill a lot of birds initially. Then as you get further into the cover, you're going to, you're going to have bonanza, you know, you're going to start getting more and more birds out. So to answer your question, uh, Brandon, about, you know, we were walking over birds, guarantee it. We throughout the day, we walked past birds. <laughs> yeah. I found about the only way not to do that is to be three or four yards apart at most, yeah. have very, very tight lines, everyone online, and have a lot of dogs, a lot of dog power, because the dogs are going to sniff them out. You know, if the bird doesn't have to fly, it's not going to. If it doesn't have to run, it's not, it's not going to pop out of that. Um, and so you got to think about that. You know, these are late season birds too. You know, we're almost to December. Um, they've been shot at. They've been run by dogs. So they're a little bit more educated, you know, than, than early season birds. So they're not always going to fly. You know, like I said, I saw two roosters – Mid afternoon, ten yards from me, I could, like I said, couldn't shoot. Got dogs on the ground, and they would not fly. You know, I was trying to make them fly, wouldn't happen. And so, so that's one part. The other issue is the cover was so thick. I mean, like I'm yelling at them. Yeah. Like as we, I'm walking back through, and I see a bird, so I hustle over to where it went into the cover, and I'm kicking around. Hey, hey, nothing. Didn't I? Didn't see it ever again. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I don't know. It's just you just weren't scary enough. I guess not. Nah, not, not, not intimidating to anybody. No one's afraid. Well, no, and Denton can talk about. Remember that that bird that uh, Buck pulled out of the snow last year? We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. So last year when we came up here, there was about eight inches of snow on the ground, and I don't know if it got above freezing our, the whole time we were here, but we were pushing a shelter belt, which is just a row of cedars with corn planted on either side, and the guys walking down the middle of the shelter belt along the cedars. Stopped for a minute to let the other guys catch up to get in line. And one of the dogs just went on point at a snowdrift and stood there for probably 30 or 45 seconds while the rest of us were just talking, not paying him any mind. And he got tired of waiting on us, dove into the snowdrift and came out with a half-grown rooster. Yep. As juvenile roosters. I mean, you know, and you guys looked at that. You saw him point at it and you're like, whatever, man. Like, you know, there's nothing in that little clump. And, you know, I've kicked... I kicked a really mature rooster out a couple years ago out of like a a yard square of cover. We'd pushed this corn row, nothing else around it. Um, and we're just standing there talking. We were standing there talking five or six minutes, going, okay, we're going to go over here, you know, making plans. And I take one step and it busts out two feet from me. I, I mean, I mean, we were standing there literally five or six minutes. There's no, it couldn't run in there or anything. And it, we mounted that bird because it was, it was a big bird. I think it had been around for a little bit, you know, got educated, but. No, with, with the heavy cover that we're walking in today, it's just so tough because they can tuck under a little, <clears throat> you know, a clump of cattails or, you know, and a, you know, if they're five or six feet away from me, they're not going to pop their head up. Like, okay, he's close. You know, they're, they're, they're smart animals. 
<laughs> you know? And for reference, just so people know, most of the field we were walking through was shoulder high cover or better. Yeah. So this was very thick stuff. When even the stuff that wasn't shoulder high, hip high or no, at least mid leg. Well, cut, one of the things that we ran into the problem, what you're talking about, you know, about the perfect cover, you know, you asked what it would be. That's that three to five inches of snow. But also, yeah. it's not deadly cold, you know, up here, like what he used. I mean, how many of us fell down in the water and we busted through ice? I, I mean, I, got, I was all, I think I got, everyone went ankle deep at least yeah, once. Yeah, I mean, I we did. were walking in cattails where there was water on the ground, and they, and but birds and birds were exploded. I mean, it was just like you want to go out there, but you really couldn't. Yeah. So I mean, it was just kind of the lay of the land. Yeah. I found one guy. Sorry, you some awesome chocolate that Nathan brought. <laughs> oh, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, one of the guys, you know, there was a couple birds that were flushing over the water, and he wouldn't shoot, and which is the right thing to do because, like, man, trying to get a dog out there on the ice. Oh. Or trying to get on the ice. It's just like, dude, it's not worth the present, man. No. Not worth the So, uh, But hey, Brandon, what do you, what do you think about uh, what, what would have been your strategy on the field today? <clears throat> you know? I would Yeah, oh definitely not. A, okay. Sure. So. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, next question. Uh, next question. So there's 11 people that have never hunted together. So we're yeah. going to walk a half mile. And then all of a sudden, we're going to get this idea to pivot. And now everybody's seen the Friends episode where <laughs> Ross says pivot. So I'm on the inside friends. part. What's, what's Friends? Friend, friends, uh, you're, you're old, Bruce, it's so you don't know. And, uh, it's people so, that like it, Bruce. <laughs> 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 Not because yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as we pivot through this field, and I'm like, sweet. I just walked all those birds to that shelter belt where they're going to be. And now these guys that have walked the road get to shoot these birds. We were in the field, too. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. We were in the ditch. From I was standing yeah. there. We were like in that. ankle high. They were in ankle high grass as we're walking through, you know, the cattails. And they pivot and pivot. And then they're like, oh, hey, let's walk the shelter belt right, out me, because we help. find the birds and they start going. Our pivot kind of Let me help, let me help like, you, Daniel. <laughs> Let, let me help you, Daniel, to rephrase your question. Thank you, man. <laughs> so, Brandon, as you approach the idea of the hunt today, how would you structure the initial approach on the field this morning? I'd eliminate the pivot. <laughs> That's the other Brandon. That's Shepard. But... Um, <laughs> 11 people pivoting for the first time, and we've got new hunters, and we walk a field out. You finish it. Don't say, hey, this is a great idea. Don't always go to where the birds are. I mean, honest yeah. talk, you know, don't just say, hey, we got birds. Let's go run to there. Finish out. I, I, I think there was times to where mm-hmm. some guys would doze off or do this or, or do that. It's always the last 20 yards. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that was proven, proven again. Yeah, you yeah. finish it out. You're absolutely right, Brandon. And, like, you know, that bird, you, we pulled up to a spot, and there was just a little bit of shelter on one side of the road. You jumped off, and a bird, rooster popped out, and you shot it. I mean, it's... Backed it up. The rooster popped out, then he jumped off and shot it. That's correct. <laughs> Completely illegal in South Dakota. I was, my feet were on the ground, and, and I had plenty of witnesses. <laughs> Thank you for being I like would it. just like to say... Well, I can't hear you. Yeah. What did you say? I might have blasted Bruce's ear, and I apologized. It was kind of, it was a very no-no thing to do. 
I was tired. I had been walking through cattails for about seven hours, and I saw a rooster, and I wanted to shoot the rooster. And you killed it. You killed it dead. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, thinking back on what we did today, I think that first initial push would have been better said pivoting was sliding down. Yeah. You know, everybody going gets straight, straight down. Going street. straight, finishing out. Everybody, the last guy marks his spot. You you know, some sometimes people throw a hat down. Sometimes people throw a glove. Sometimes you just make an X in the dirt. Hey, this is where we stop. Yep. Everybody keep keep on sliding. Then you kind of get your blocker up a little way. I mean, it's it's almost like chess. Yep. You know, hunting pheasants is, uh, hunting wild pheasants is, you know, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in, in the other. And you just, you know, you think and you think and you think, and then you get beat, you get beat, and then yep. you get frustrated. But, I mean, we we got on birds. We did. Yeah, we got on birds, saw a lot of birds, shot a lot of birds. Um, <clears throat> in South Dakota, man. In South Dakota. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, you one cool thing about this trip is not everybody knows that <clears throat> we've not all hunted together. But that's also makes it tough. You know, like yeah, we, you, don't, we don't know diff, each other different personalities, different yeah, careers. Sure. I mean, some some of different us go dogs, out all the time. You know, the dog the dogs are a big part of this game. Uh, anytime Absolutely. you're up on hunting, anytime you're doing hunting, and so we had four dogs for most of the day. We're gonna add to it tomorrow, but when you've got dogs that you're not hunting around, you haven't hunted around, you don't know what their behavior is, what their tendency is, and yeah, you know they're, they're your best friend out there. But you know the cover everybody's hit on it time and time again. You think about what those dogs went through today. Oh, there were yeah. several times that it looked like, you know, like they're just jumping to get to anywhere because yeah. it was so thick. Just because it was high at, at chest level doesn't mean it was, you know, clear at So they were they were pushing it through. So yeah. so yeah, hunting with new people, hunting with new dogs, it, it all makes for uh for a learning process. Yeah. And I think we we all learned a few things yeah, this morning, and then yeah. it, you could tell in the afternoon it was much more systematic. People were moving in the line, is moving. So you can only imagine by the end of tomorrow afternoon, uh, it'll be like the back yeah. of your hand. It'll be well, very simple. We hope. Okay, <laughs> but right. it is yeah, something. We hope it could be the other way. But no, seriously, Daniel, I thought you did a phenomenal job orchestrating us today. Um, you know, starting out, not knowing where the birds were, stuff mm-hmm. like that, the yep. terrain and everything. But this afternoon when we regrouped, <laughs> Wow, really? <laughs> Love you, Bruce. Kids. Anyways, so this afternoon we regrouped. It, it was phenomenal. I mean, uh, we, got, we, we got a lot of birds on yeah. the ground. Oh, we got a ton line. of birds. I mean, we yeah. see I mean, I mean, hens. I mean, we see. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, we we so, saw the South Dakota flush. Yeah. That's what everybody yeah. comes out for is the South Dakota yeah, flush. Yeah, you saw it. And we saw it when yeah. we got by the water, when we got by the little pond and where it washed out the road, and it was the South Dakota flush. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's one thing too. It's like, you know, so Lynn drove me around uh, this morning. He kind of gave me an idea of where they've been seeing birds, pushing birds around. Um, you know, that's like one thing Dent and I, like the first day here, we're kind of trying to figure out, are they sitting in the cover right now? Are they sitting in the food? You know, what time of day is it? You know, it was real windy, so they were sitting in cover and we were walking tons of cover. You know, that was uh, one hard part about that field is it's all cover. You know, it's, I mean, they can be anywhere in that field. And I mean, we saw that, saw that today. So, um, but it is, I mean, they were, they were in some places that we have walked over yeah, plenty. Absolutely. Yep. And you, you turn around and it's, it's flying up straight above you. Mm-hmm. Saw that. I, I think we, one got flushed out by you that just flew straight up above your head and just left. Yeah. Uh, you know, and part of the thing too is that one thing I was surprised about the bird numbers in that field. We walked the field in the morning. Yeah. Got six birds out of it. We came back in the afternoon and walked in and got another 11 birds out of it, um, which I was 
surprised about it. Well, I mean, we we also flushed a bunch at the end we when did. everybody was falling in the yeah. water. I mean, mm-hmm. it was mass chaos. Let's amen to that. I mean, we that were. Sense. I mean, guys are going down. Guys are yeah. running over to grab guns. I mean, it is just an all-out. Everybody's getting washed under because we were not we were not prepared for it to walk into the water <laughs> and on the ice. And then we're like, oh hell, we're on ice, and boom. Boom, yeah. boom, yeah. boom. I mean, it was just a ripple effect. And then people started going the other way and we went, and but we were flushing birds and we realized that, hey, they're going back to where we walked this yeah. morning. Yeah. So let's reevaluate and let's go back after those as we just 100, 150 birds, we just flushed up mm-hmm. out, of, out of the cattails, which we had pushed back in there. Yeah, they're you in know. there now. I mean, we had pushed right. into the cattails and then we, once we realized what we had done, we, Made a new plan. And it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I you call it, oh Brandon. I mean uh, the non-cooking Brandon. Yeah, I would take zero offense to that because I cannot cook, and the other Brandon is chef. When you hear the voices, I want you to distinguish the Brandons. But the South Dakota flush. I mean, always thinking about South Dakota. One and in South Dakota. Talking with my dad about getting hunt South Dakota. He we he obviously didn't get the opportunity. Uh, but you know, coming up here to hunt with was essentially his bird dog, uh, my dad, my granddad's shotgun. Mm-hmm. And when those birds <laughs> took off, that picture over that sky was just full of fucking sorry, now, full yeah. of roosters. And yep. it was the most exhilarating, beautiful thing, but it was like most frustrating thing because we're pulling guys out of ice and we can't get to them when they're mm-hmm. leaving. But that sky lit up yep. and I, no more than ten or twelve roosters in the sky at one time. That was just, yeah. that was awesome. I mean, and there was I mean, there was awesome plenty of hands work. to match up with it. I yeah. mean, there I mean, it was just like where do you stop? And you're like, <laughs> wow. yeah, that's Damn. what they talk about. Yeah. That's exactly well, why we came. You've seen the moment. video. We watched it live. Yeah, yeah. today. Well, mm-hmm. and I in this the first year I came up here on the backside of the field we hunted today. Um, there's a little patch of cattails, and I think I showed Garrett it as we were driving by. It was me and two other guys, three of us. And we couldn't get around the cattail patch fast enough, and I probably saw 120 birds fly out of there. And I remember the first time I saw that, it was like, oh, oh. this is South Dakota. This is real. Yeah. Yeah. This is South This is actually where we go up uh, here. Yeah, you know, and, and I want to mention that, too. So we're hunting on Hecla Dakota Hunting Farms. Uh, we're staying at uh, Jake and Shelley's Place, Bruins Roost, here in town in Hecla. Um, and so a lot of you guys walked around here. We walked the public land. Uh, on yesterday, when we first got in, just kind of to see we kind of shoot a couple pheasants up and – um, there's a mass difference between that, you know, and the, the ground we're walking today. Um, the, it, one, the one thing that's not different is you told us on day one, that's right. we wouldn't walk anything <laughs> higher than this. We walked through stuff today. Yeah, we did. That was higher. I'll say we limit out before too, so I was wrong about that too. But um, no, uh, if you look, you know, so they, they farmed the place, but their main goal is to have good pheasant habitat. Yeah. You know, and so they have good tree rows, and along those tree rows, they plant a couple rows of corn, milo, and then it's cut corn in the big fields. And, um, you know, like the fields we're walking today, they kind of use them as like a refuge, quote unquote, where they push the birds there and they don't really hunt them there much. Um, and that's why there's tons of cover. But the fields we walk tomorrow and the next day, I think are be a little more, a little more conducive. You know, it's a kind of pheasant. And I don't believe you. I don't, I don't believe you. 100%. I think, I think we're going to go through like hell on freaking grass because of what we walked through today. 
Because we know, where, we know where the bird's at. We know yeah. where we yeah. got well, to go. Daniel, get, the, get, the, get uh, any of that cheese to go with that wine from Brandon here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get any he cheese to go with that wine? Just speaking the truth, it was dull. One other thing, more to your point about how they how they manage the ground. When we were walking around today at the edge of their cornfields, you could see they had these giant turnips oh, growing yeah. out of the ground. And it's just like, I didn't even think about that, but at the edge of their cornfield, you know, like they make money farming the corn and whatnot, but at the same time, they you can tell that they pay attention and they care about Definitely. putting animals here because, you know, they're planting food for deer to eat and stuff like that. Just giant, massive purple turnips just right there yeah. coming out Size of the Size of a softball. Yeah, yeah they were huge. huge, huge man. <laughs> I mean, not, not to mention the whitetail that we scared out oh, today. Oh, there were yeah. less than... You know, ten feet from some of us. Unbelievable. I, mean, yeah. I, I really one of them that got, got kicked between you and me, man. Yeah, like, I thought it was a dog running through. I'm like, I didn't know there was a dog over here, and I was well, nope. Right little, and then, the, and then the bucks today. we saw at dusk tonight too. Oh yeah. Oof. Yeah, man. I mean, well, I think tomorrow night we're gonna go over to the, their big lodge called the Twelve Gauge Lodge, and um, they got a couple mounts on the wall, man. They, they got some nice, nice deer, and um, you know, I can't remember how big the deer. Jake, a couple years ago, guided a guy here, Bo, and, and I. It would have been the South Dakota largest uh, deer taken with bow in South Dakota, but there's some discrepancy about who killed it. It's, it's a long story, but um, his as a as a tip, oh. the guy had a replica made and gave it to him the next year as a tip. And dude, it's, you look at that deer and it's like it's insane. It's typical like 200 plus inch, you know. Like I mean, it's just insane, man. So um, they grow some big deer up here. They grow some big pheasants. I mean, cleaning those birds at night, looking at them. Uh, you know, as Daniel said, I mean, the property is, is managed well mm-hmm. and breaking up the crawls as we were looking through them. I mean, those birds were eating everything that we saw. I mean, yeah. they were all healthy birds and, uh, you know, that just pay, pays, you know, dividends for what they're doing right. out here to be able to, cause like you said, it's a late season hunt. We're not the first group that's been out here. So you can imagine how many birds have been taken, not just on this property, but that's all around us. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot of pheasants. Yeah, and they have they have ten thousand acres that they own, and another ten thousand they lease. And so we got land, you know, we got land to hunt quite a bit. But. Yeah, and, and we saw other birds driving in to properties, and we saw birds. I mean, it wasn't like it was just theirs. I mean, it it, it was a prime opportunity. Um, it's good. I mean, and and the farmers in South Dakota, I say it all of the time. They farm for farming, and then they farm for pheasants, and yeah. they know what it's about because they know what the amount of money. I mean, we've all talked about it. You know, we're all up here. We're all paying for licenses. We're all paying uh, tanks of gas. We're all paying for food and yeah. gas, and they Bruce care. is paying for whiskey. I mean, so it's just the way it works. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to say, Nathan? I was just going to say they care. You know, I've been, I've been on a number of hunts to uh, western Kansas, and, you know, I'm, I'm a – I live in Missouri, but I, you know, I've lived in Kansas, and I'm not trying to, you know, talk anything on, on that. But you know, you show up in, in Western Kansas, and there were a number of walk-in, you know, uh, Weehaw spots that were literally like it's supposed to be some great, great field, and it and there's nothing there, yeah. or you know, the farmers literally cut everything down, and mm-hmm. and there's no habitat, and you have to have the food, you have to have the water, you have to have the shelter, and it has to make sense. And you can tell here that people actually care. Yep. Yep, you know, and, and South Dakota does a ton of the population. You know, I think when I, when I last checked, there's like 800,000 residents in South Dakota, you know, and it's the size of Nebraska or Kansas. And, um, you know, so there's not a lot of residents, but they're big tax dollars, they're big revenue sources, they're pheasant hunters, you know, and some, some other forms of hunting. But, you know, those are hunted South Dakota a couple of times. You know, anywhere you go in South Dakota during pheasant season, Every hotel has a pheasant season, pheasant outside. Welcome. You, you, you fly to the airport hunters. and there's like, they'll do, um, 
like little uh, shows. People come do vendor shows in the airport, you know, in Aberdeen Airport, you know, Sioux Falls, and um, they know their business, man. They know that we're here for, and you know, like some of the I know the governor in the past has done like um, predator tail hunts, like on weekends. We'll give you ten bucks, you know, for every predator tail. That's a raccoon, skunk, you know, coyote, whatever, and you know, so. I mean, they're keeping the predators down. They have good habitat. Yeah, they got birds, man. And we're also shooting their state bird. That's you know, correct. That's the only state where we can actually go. See. I mean, and and they do it right. And not kids wildlife from parks. They do a great job on their weehaw. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. There's some that it's actually absolutely you know not the best, but it might be a coyote hunting spot. And that, but there's also some really good. Like the sun shot a beautiful mule deer. Off of, off of walking, honey. Mm-hmm. So, but in Kansas, you got to drive. You got to be aggressive. You got to go and look. You got to really yeah. study. Up here, you get, you know, you get the <clears throat> app, you get everything. I mean, guys, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to come up here. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, and you look and there's a lot, a lot of signs. And then, you know, in Kansas, the Western Kansas is great, you know, with walking, honey. East, we all agree. It is not Stuff. a few bunch. Far between yeah, exactly. There's one Weehaw in all of Johnson County. It's got a limit of one person. If you're not sitting on the app the night before <laughs> waiting to try to check into that thing at eight or nine o'clock or whenever it is that you're allowed to Never. check in, you won't get to yeah. you won't get to hunt it. If you live in Kansas City to hunt a Weehaw <laughs> in Kansas for for upland birds, you're going to drive an hour, hour and a half. At least. That's Jeez. just to get to a Weehaw. I'm not saying there's going to be birds there. That's that's just a Weehaw that you can check into. So, a hey, hey guys from us from Colorado. Explain what a weehaw is, so if, if people don't understand what that is. All right, so that's walk walk-in hunting area. So that is basically public ground. So there's difference. So there's some that that is open up September one. There's some that's at, in October. There's some, and there's some that you have to do it on an app mm-hmm. to where hey, like hey, I'm going to reserve this spot for tomorrow. Only you can be there. So there's a lot of different things. It's for just, different seasons. Yeah, for yeah. different seasons and also control the amount of people on it. Yeah. So, hey, we got a great spot here. Let's not run 100 people through it. Where in South Dakota, you know, they, they don't have that. They have this, some places are still. Some I mean, they got great ducks yeah. up here. They got, I mean, there's water all over the place because well, I fell in it. Right. But, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, you know, every state's different and every state is working to make it right. Is every program mm-hmm. perfect? No. Well, and I'll mention too, Weehaw is um, privately owned land that farmers lease out to hunters uh, or to the state for hunters to be on there. And so, you know, any anyone listening to this as a farmer in Kansas that leases out the land, I want to say thank you. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody, anybody across the country that, that gives up your land, you know, to be able to let us go out there and hunt, let us take somebody else hunting, it's phenomenal. I'm, obviously, there's going to be a couple you know, problems mm-hmm. here and there, yeah. whatever. Somebody, I was getting my oil changed at Jiffy Lube, and a guy, I told him what I worked for because they wanted to have a conversation. And he was like, Do you hunt Weehaw? Absolutely. He goes, Tell people stop running over my mailbox because every time it gets run over, everyone, every, every year, you know, yeah. just be respectful. As hunters, Absolutely. we got to be more respectful, Absolutely. you know, be and make it work for everybody. Okay, so we'll get back to the episode in just a second, but I want to talk um, briefly about my sponsor, Walton's Inc. Um, like I said earlier in the at the beginning of the episode, they make a lot of cool stuff, make a lot of great stuff, everything but the meat. Um, they sell seasonings, cures, um, equipment, grinders, sous vide, you know, a lot of crazy stuff, um, dehydrators, slicers, everything. And what I love about Walton's is it's all quality equipment. So 
I can send my friends there and they buy good stuff and I know it's going to work. I know there's not going to be a problem with it. And um, I personally know I can take the stuff on trips with me. I can cook with it. I can do everything with it and I'm not going to have issues. And that's, that's a big deal to me. You know, if I'm going to buy a grinder or buy, you know, a slicer to make sure it works and all Walton stuff is great. Also, um, you know, guys know I love to cook obviously, and they kind of take a lot of the the hassle or the tough part out of um, spice mixes. They make a ton of spice mixes from you know, jerky seasonings to, like I said, cures. You guys know how much I love hams. Um, they make a lot of good options, you know, baking cures. They make spice mixes for fajitas, everything. And what I love about it is you can just pop open that package, throw it in with the meat or whatever you're cooking, and you're good to go. Make sure you check out Walton's Inc. at waltonsinc.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, Walton's Inc. Make sure you check them out. Okay, let's get back to it. You know, and that's, you know, that's something that I try to tell guys is like hunters, gun people, like we can get worse enemies sometimes. Uh, you know, if you go on walking hunting or public land, leave trash behind, you know, shoot birds and clean them right there in the field. Like you're, you're just making it really easy for that guy not to sign up for We Hot next year, yeah. you know? Um, and that's, and you know, to me, it's like, you know, public land is, is hard enough to get access to anyway, and we need as much as we can. Like don't do anything stupid. To lose that. Yeah. Absolutely. And that wasn't to say that, that any complaints whatsoever about Weehaw. We were just yeah, talking about, yeah, about how much access that we there need was more. up in here. We need more. We want more. And, yeah. and, and both the, the folks who are hunting and, uh, and honoring what those people are doing to – because one of the things we'd heard about was, you know, farmers at the local gas station, the local place to get food, you know, were upset that – hunters were not doing a good yep. job caring for the p- property and and then also then uh, one of the things i loved that we talked about earlier was the the care and attention to detail of the fields that we were in today mm-hmm. and yep. so if you kind of marry those two yep. things with the responsibility of the hunter and the responsibility and ownership of the landowner for what the what it is that we are looking for that produces honestly the best result possible yep. right so i I've, I've been in a lot of fields I'm a, I'm a newer hunter, but I've been in a, a lot of fields and I've never seen anything like I saw today. Yeah. You know, I brought my brother in law from Iowa last year for the first time hunting out here. And he's hunted for a couple years in Iowa. And he said on the first day he saw more birds than he'd seen in his entire ever. life. Hunting yeah, Iowa. ever. And, um, it, you know, it's one thing Bruce and I were talking about last night was if you want to hunt, in hunting in general, like you can be the best duck caller, the best turkey caller, if you're not where the animals are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know. And it's kind of the same thing with hunting, like hunt pheasants in South Dakota, hunt ducks in Arkansas, hunt, you know, elk out with Bruce in Colorado, you know, um, hunt moose up in Alaska. You know, it's it's not that you can't hunt those animals other places, but if you want the big guys, if you want a lot of opportunity, there's reasons those places are so well known, you know, for that stuff, um, for sure. And, you know, and I've watched a lot of fields myself where, we walked as much as we did today, and we maybe killed. You know, we we maybe killed eight, ten birds. You know what I mean. So, um, I think it was a good day. I enjoyed it. So it was a fantastic day. And you know, you think about it when you were talking about the uh, public ground. It's it's almost like we're renting it. You know, do you mm-hmm. want your deposit back? Yeah. Then don't then then don't trash it. Yeah. If you want your deposit back, don't mm-hmm. trash the ground. You know, oh, I'm going to do this, or oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to clean my birds out of the ditch, or I'm going to leave my shells, or I'm going to leave trash. Dude, we're just renting it. 
Mm-hmm. At any time, the landowner can evict us. Yep. Yep. So let's just do the little extra thing. Or if a tree has fallen down over his road, pull it out of the way. I mean, mm-hmm. it don't take that much to be cordial to these guys and gals that own maybe 80, maybe 1,000, maybe 100,000 acres. Yeah, you do good. Yeah. Hey, I opened it up 80, you know, to see what it was like. They can open up 100,000 acres later yeah. if, if we do what's right. I mean, you guys never know. So I just want to comment coming from the East Coast where we have none of this. Um, Where I live, I live just outside of the D.C. area. Everything is dominated by hunt clubs. We have no public access short of some of the national forests, um, which are open. However, that gets real hairy when you talk rifle season. Um, You get up in your tree stand, and then when the sun comes up, you realize there's 30 guys around you in tree stands. (laughs) And the first sign of movement, they're all shooting. So it's like Battle of the Bulge. But um, for those out out here in the Midwest and and other areas, uh, it it definitely, I'm seeing like the benefit of being out here and take care of the properties that you have access to. Because for for me to hunt just whitetail in uh, Virginia, outside of the D.C. area, um, I'm paying a minimum of 1500 a year to a hunt club to hunt with about 300 other people on 10 different properties. Yeah. So it, it's super competitive. The, the landowners don't care about their property. It's solely money to pay taxes. Um, so when I see all this stuff, I mean, these, these landowners care about their property. They care about hunting, um, not just as a source of revenue, but as for sportsmanship. So this was a whole culture shock for me coming from that world out in the, the DC metro area. So yeah, definitely for those, uh, that take it for granted, uh, take a few, a few moments and think about what you have in compared to what we've got over on the East coast and the metropolitan areas where, uh, it's nearly impossible to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Gary. And that, I'm glad you said something about that because, you know, one cool thing about this is not everybody's from Kansas, not everybody's from the Midwest here on this hunt. And so we get some, you get some differing opinions, you know, um, learning a lot, seeing a lot of stuff. I, I think it's kind of cool. And I mean, that's why I fell in love with this place. And that's why we're having this hunt, man. You know, we all come back up here. So, um, Brandon, real quick. I want you to talk about... Oh, that would be Chef Brandon. Uh, Chef Brandon, that's yeah. correct. Um, I want you to talk about uh, a little more detail, which you cooked tonight, how you cooked it, um, and what we're cooking the rest of the week, man. Uh, well, first of all, there's like nothing that I'm going to cook that you couldn't also cook. I promise you. Know, <laughs> Just open like, it up. It's, it's not that hard. A bold statement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but so tonight we made a, a lot of different things, a couple of different things. We made a... I did a Caesar yeah, yeah. salad tonight because... I quit about halfway through the day and fell about waist deep into the water. Hey, you shot some birds, man. You're back <laughs> shot some birds. Yeah, yeah, well done. I also didn't have two birds so Thanks yeah, for shooting your limit. And then yeah, going exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, was yeah. done, he was done walking. Brandon didn't quit. He was tired. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm good for the day, boy. I shot my limit. I'm good. <laughs> shot my limit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I came back and threw my stuff in the washer and dryer because it was soaking wet and... Uh, I figured you guys would be hungry, so I put a Caesar salad together. I just used Newman's own salad dressing. But uh, when you use something like that, I think it also always adds something if you can just church it up a little bit. So I think that Newman's is a great salad dressing, but it needs a little more acid. So I I hit it with a little extra lemon and uh, crushed red peppers, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder. You know, just just give it a little bit, give it a little bit more. Um, And then... uh, Made some made some croutons. Just took a loaf of bread and put some oil and seasonings on it. Threw it in the oven, dried it out, and, and uh, fresh croutons always beats the 
the croutons oh, yeah. you get from the store. Yeah, uh, you don't good. like. There's nothing in special about it. Just grab half the seasonings in there, mix them together, yeah. toss it with some oil. It'll come out fine. Um, so then we started with the mashed potatoes. Um, you were asking me about this yeah. earlier, um, and I think I don't think you knew anything about it. But so. no, I, I kind of mentioned it real quick. It's um, so I, I like to cook. You know, and I'm not. I I call you a chef, and I, I mean that in the truest sense, man. You you have a lot more techniques than I do. I love to cook, but you're the next level. So this tip you're talking about, I, I was really impressed with it, man. So when you make mashed potatoes, potatoes you go to boil them. They already are full of water, and then you put them in a pot of water and boil them, and then you pull them out. There's a tremendous amount of moisture, amount of water in that potato. Lay them out on a sheet pan, put them in the oven at 200 degrees, and then. Don't pull them out until you open the oven and your glasses don't fog up anymore. Mm-hmm. Then you've cooled all the moisture out of those potatoes. So how then, um, just it depends on how many potatoes and how Same. much moisture there is. Yeah. Oh, thirty minutes. I'm sorry. The question was how long, roughly. I would guess thirty minutes. Thirty minutes is a you know, set your timer at two hundred degrees. You're probably fine. Um, or go buy a pair of glasses. Yeah. When I learned this, this at the drugstore, you got to wear the pit vipers. Oh, pit vipers. Oh, we'll talk about it here in a second. <laughs> Chef always said that until your glasses don't fog up, but my eyesight's fine, so I just set 30-minute timer, and that's when I'm done. And then heat up your cream and butter, salt, pepper, mix it all together, so then when you pull those potatoes out of the oven, they can absorb that moisture. It's just like staining a fence. You know, the first coat gets pulled right into it, and then you got to put more on. So if we can pull all the moisture possible out of it, we can absorb that flavory goodness into the potato a little bit better, um, and we don't get like loose. a pro tip right there, man. Yeah, there seriously, that's a secret that's to mashed potatoes. Yeah. I'd never yeah. seen that before. And I worked in restaurants, man. That that was that's cool. So keep going. What else we do? Uh, we roasted asparagus. Nothing special there. I just, um, I tossed it in some olive oil, black pepper. You did a fantastic job. Thank you. Just beautiful. Thank you. Um, you just roasted that. Shape. Came out. Threw some garlic bread in the oven, and then uh, the steak that we talked about earlier. Really well. You know, the garlic bread in the oven, uh, that was phenomenally good. So where did the steak come from? Uh, I, I think that the best garlic bread in the world comes from the Price Chopper in Brookside. Uh, I don't care about steak. steak. I go the steak from Denai. Where, where did the elk steaks come from? Uh, Bruce brought the elk. I don't know uh, when he shot it or where he shot it at. Maybe he went... Want to tell us about that? But uh, yeah. yeah, now some Bruce client said he put on a small bull and yeah. he wanted, so he That's took true. the meat. <laughs> so uh, Bruce, <laughs> you and I talked about this. You know this. Um, one of my favorite trophies from an animal is cooking people. You know, providing meat, and you did that for us this week. So tell us about that bull we shot. So yeah, that bull's from a archery bull that I had the opportunity to draw an archery tag in Colorado this year in a trophy unit, and uh, just a little spiky shot, right? Yeah, just a little one. So, uh, but it's all good. And, uh, yeah, so it was a bull that we uh, had the opportunity to harvest with the bow and arrow this year and uh, wanted to share it with friends. And that's what life's about is uh, sharing the reward of, you know, even like the pheasants we got this week, right? So we're yeah. looking excited and uh, looking forward and excited to what we have to offer with uh, cooking something up with the pheasants, right? I mean, that's what it's about. That's why we do this. So if we can harvest an animal and, and we know where the meat's coming from, and, you know, we take care of it, we clean it, and uh, just like all of us help clean the pheasant, except for Brandon tonight. But uh, <laughs> Brandon because, because Brandon was getting stuff at Casey's because nobody can bring anything because we're all men. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's true, Excuses, actually. excuses. But yeah. anyways, so, um, but anyways, but it, that's why we do it, right? Mm-hmm. We enjoy Absolutely. harvesting our own animals and sharing that uh, 
harvest with others and so yeah it was just a blessing and so back straps and tenderloins that's what we had tonight and uh it's great. Yeah, it's great. It was yeah. good, man. It's always easy to cook when you have when you have quality stuff like that to work with. I mean, that's half of the battle is just, you know, Daniel and I talked about this when we did our podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, how you handle the meat, how you store the meat, and how you prepare the meat, and how good the meat was in the first place. You know, you buy a, one steak at, at Walmart, and you buy another one from a local butcher that was locally raised by people that really care about it. You've already set yourself on a better foot to cook it with. So with a delicious animal like that, it, it really takes takes some of the skill out of it for me because it starts with such a, a wonderful product. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right, Brandon. Like like you talked about, and Bruce and I talked about this last night, it's being prepared. Yeah. You know, being ready to do that stuff. And um, you, so your animal doesn't sit there gut shot or – you know, it doesn't sit there with guts in a long time. You have that knife with you, you clean it out real quick. You know, and like you and I do, Bruce, we have to clean our own meat or process right. our own stuff. So. so that was the thing. So that that elk we had, you know, was able to take the shot um, about an hour before sunset. Um, but it took, so that was about 6 o'clock at the time in September. But it took us till 4.30 in the morning to get that elk out mm-hmm. and quartered, you know, and, 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 and everything to make sure that meat was okay. It was 77 degrees. At three in the morning, uh, extremely warm temperatures. If we would have left that elk overnight and just yeah. took the easy path, it, who knows what that would have tasted like, right? Yeah. But we took the time, took the effort, and we knew we had to. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to go out and hunt and you're going to put the effort in, then you got to make sure you put the effort in with taking care of that meat to make sure it is good and clean and and can cool it down as quick as we can so yeah. that way we can enjoy it. Uh, I think you're right, uh, Bruce. I mean, you're, you're cutting yourself short. Uh, if you've never hunted before or maybe you're just getting into it, but whatever species you're after, I mean, just have a game plan for what you're going to do after that, that shot's fired or that arrow's flung because, you know, you hear it all the time and the guy's like, all right, now the work's began. Well, yeah, it is the work, but it's also the reward. Absolutely. And, and it's those things you have to work for that later on, whether you're doing it in camp or whether you're back home and you got family over or just you and your wife or maybe it's the the deer your wife shot and she's cooking it for you. It, however, it cuts down to it is it is it is so rewarding and it puts a different spin on it. And you can sit in your freezer and your freezer is full. And when we're all living in times like we are now where you might not know where the next meal is coming from, be going to the grocery stores, shelves are empty. But you know that you've taken that time to think about your next kill and your freezer's full. You're sitting, you're sitting high, high on the hog, as they say. Uh, you know, sitting happy and proud. So it, it is that extra step. So I would just encourage everybody. Yeah, be excited about the hunt. Be excited about hunting that new place. Be excited about going after that game you've never done. But once you've achieved that goal, you know, already having to back your mind. How am I really gonna, you know, enjoy it again? Because that's the beauty yep. of being a hunter is enjoying that game meet again and again and again. Yeah, and I absolutely. And, um, you know, like I said, we we left the field, we came back here, got a couple. We hunted till dark today, about five o'clock. Came back here, got a couple drinks, some gold beverages, and then we went over, over and cleaned them. Got the birds packaged up in the freezer now. So, you know, it's kind of same thing with elk and. You know, Brandon and I talked about, you guys can go back and listen to previous podcasts, but kind of synopsis, you know, when you eat a steak, you know, from a cow, that cow's, from before that cow was born, there's a plan on how that cow is going to be slaughtered, stored, you know, everything. And it was cut in the best conditions. Um, you know, it was cut up in a walk-in cooler, you know, all that. And so you think about that, why that cow is so good. Now, a deer that you shoot, man, it's a different environment. And so you got to take all the steps you can 
you know, to get as close as you can to that environment where the beef was, you know, to get that high quality. So, um, and being prepared is, is so right. I, I hate it when guys shoot a deer and then post on Facebook, hey, where's the closest processor to whatever? And it's like, why don't you know that already? You know? Yeah, so I'll chime in on that one, something I've seen, and I, I don't want to make it as a blanket statement again going to the East Coast metro area, but I think it was the last podcast you were talking about being prepared for it. I can't tell you how many times this season I've seen hunters out in, in the D.C. metro area that have harvested a deer, and then they're soliciting in the Facebook group like, hey, I'm, I'm like two miles out. Is there anyone that might be able to help yeah. me bring this out? And, and it's, you know, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, you didn't think about that ahead of time. So, uh, different again, that different culture thing, you know, talking with all you guys, different hunting environment, seeing that level of preparedness is something completely different than what I've seen, at least in the small group in that metro area, that uh, really that preparedness isn't necessarily there. Not saying that it's not entirely. I've, I've hunted with plenty of guys that plan for that and, you know, know exactly what they're going to do, but... On the flip side to that, if you are getting out there, have that plan because, you know, 9 o'clock at night asking for help yeah. on Facebook isn't the uh, the best time to be doing that. Be because, route. And, yeah. and then for us, a lot, uh, you know, my, my particular <laughs> instance, I, I live in a townhouse. My HOA would have a fit if I was hanging a deer and processing a deer in my garage. So we have to rely on processors. I can promise that processors are not open at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Yep. So so at that, that point, what are you doing then? So that have a plan, you know, for your situation. Is, is crucial um you know some of us have you know we can quarter them out we can put them in the freezer and and then get it to the processor for final processing but um yeah it, it just a different culture that i've seen between you guys and then coming me from the east coast um that we do have those issues of uh not really planning for the uh the full hunt other than getting to the tree stand and waiting yep absolutely and brandon so tomorrow we're gonna have duck pot pies tomorrow night I think that's the idea is duck pot pie tomorrow night, unless we do a steak again, or, or maybe we go to pheasants tomorrow, depending yeah. on how things go. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, make some pie crust tonight, get them in the freezer uh, for dessert and for for the the uh, savory main course. Um, mm. We'll do some, some root vegetables and a nice thick creamy filling for that, uh, plenty of herbs and uh, should be pretty good. Awesome, man. I, I'm really glad you're able to make it uh, this year. And I heard Bruce kind of trying to swing you away. Oh, yeah. Come out to Colorado with him and uh, Coke Warm Man. And, you know, uh, Bruce, being then, we're talking about this uh, earlier time while we're eating, you know, um, it just makes the experience so much better when you have quality food. You know, I mean, and this is just phenomenal food, man. You know, this is restaurant quality or better. Yeah, know. without a doubt. And, and for us as an outfitter, we're looking for that experience for our clients to, to really, it, it's not just about pulling the trigger or releasing that arrow. It's about the whole experience. And, and that's what we're having here. So yep. Daniel, thank you for having us up, but Brandon, the chef, thank you for, I mean, really, you know, I mean, it, it stepped it up to the next level, like you said, and I'm, I'm interested in learning from you and that's why we'll ask all the questions, but for our clients, that's the same experience we want where, it is a step above, right? It's not just us trying to cook something and it tastes good, but when you can go to that five-star level, so I appreciate that, and you definitely will be in El Camp next year for our clients. <laughs> just saying, okay? Hey, and I just want to say the other brand, I got we we got ice. You know, everybody's giving us all our time. And ice. You know, we got to drive. 
to another state to get ice. So I just want this to be known that the, the one man that was taking care of food, I got ice. So it wasn't ice ice in the and, and, and everybody has I did fall through the ice and thank God I brought second boots and other clothes. But just remember, everybody has a part. I got the ice. <laughs> you know, Brandon, thank you. Thank you for the ice that you brought for us today, man. So, um, not everybody, so I shoot CZ guns. Everybody knows that. Um, not everybody shot CZs today, but a couple of us did. Um, yeah. Bruce, talk about what we should do. Oh, without, without a doubt. So, uh, yeah, definitely had an opportunity to shoot, uh, CZ today, uh, over and under and, and phenomenal, uh, without a doubt. No issues and shot really straight with all the birds I, uh, shot at, except for the ones I missed. But, uh, I saw like a couple thing. birds, man. No, no, no. I shot really well. And uh, the, the biggest thing for me is uh, from all the years, and it's muscle memory, but all the years I've shot uh, other guns, semi-autos and stuff like that, or pumps, um, switching over to an over and under was phenomenal. But, uh, you know, it's just getting used to that safety. And yeah. uh, But but really, you know, the CZ USA, they're, they're over and unders. I shot your uh, target grade gun today. Yeah, redhead target. Oh my gosh, with yeah. without a doubt, just phenomenal and uh, blessed Gorgeous. to have the opportunity. Oh, oh my gosh, the woodwork on it was just seriously. So that was, uh, I'll definitely be having one in uh, in my gun safe. I like for sure, it. So. I like it. And I believe that every CZ gun out tonight that or today that didn't hit anything, it was all about the ammo because you didn't have the right ammo. That's right. So it was not the gun's fault. It was now, not the hunter's fault. It was about the ammo. Now, once we switch to federal premium ammunition, yeah, there after you go. Yeah, we yeah, 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 put the dog this afternoon, and it was all about that. There you go. It's a federal premium ammunition. Yeah, premium, federal. Federal. Obviously, federal. When it says premium, I'm not sure if he's a sponsor, but he will take one from federal. Not yet. Owning Rivington right now. They're also going to be sending a thousand shotgun shells to everyone on this podcast. No, that's good. Seriously, that goes back to personal sponsors. If you're going to do this and you're going to spend the time and you're going to spend the money to come up on an adventure like this, have the proper equipment. I mean, it makes a huge difference, right? So. If you're showing up with something that uh, that isn't appropriate and uh, clothing it, and guns, well, clo- yeah, seriously, and clothing and guns and ammo, you gotta you gotta look at it and you gotta make sure you have the right equipment, right? Exactly. If, if you're putting the time yep. in, do the research to make sure you have the proper gun, yep. the proper ammunition, and the proper camel. No, oh, that's right. We don't need camel for pheasants. But I was gonna say, so. now Garrett's running to his room. I think to get some Sitka. Um, because I, I have a lot of friends that are, are not fans of the Sitka bro staff. Um, but a couple of guys here like to wear uh, Sitka. So let's see what Garrett has to say about gear. And we are shooting CZ, so that, that's positive. So, so I'm a shooting a CZ. Happen to know a guy. Um, a redhead, one of the all-terrains that came out, I, I believe, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will run, say that... So I've, I've worked at a gun range that's kind of the side hustle for probably the last eight years. Never owned a shotgun until last year. Um, got one just for fun, three-gun type shooting. The CZ is my first over-under, so I don't have a whole lot to compare it to. But um, I can say it's been phenomenal for you know being my first over-under, and I'm definitely looking to pick up more. As far as the, uh, the Sitka, I have been a, a proud bro staff member on the trip <laughs> and uh, pimping gear whenever I can. But I, I will say the right gear is important, regardless of what company it is. Yeah. 
Um, and, and you hear that all over. People sitting in tree stands talk about freezing. You know, oh, I was good for the first three hours, but after that I started shivering. Um, you know, by the right gear. You know, mine happens yeah. to be Sitka. My whitetail stuff, I've got all Sitka for that. I called the guys. They were phenomenal helping me out because I, as I mentioned, never upland hunted in my life. Um, never bird hunted in my life other other than a little bit of turkey here and there. So um, and get the right gear, talk to the right people, and find out what you need because I, I can say I was not cold today. Mm-hmm. Um, despite I didn't fall through the ice like a couple of the guys did. Cracked through a couple times, but definitely was uh, not cold, and it made it more enjoyable despite being chest chest and neck deep in uh, cattails and grass for part yeah, of it. No, that's for sure. And um, you know, one of my favorite moments from today was uh, Jess is here. She's awesome, and um, she's a yeah, longer. Yeah, she's, she's real awesome. Yeah. Yep. Matt's, Matt's yeah. 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 Matt. Just really that. She's but awesome. She mentioned that she needs longer women's pants, right? Yes. Yeah. Field pants, because not a lot of people make that long. And from the bedroom, Gary goes, "You know who makes longer women pants? Sitka." No, it was um, it was pretty good. But you know, and uh, I think one thing that's critical is, um, especially pheasant hunting, having gear that that wicks moisture, dressing layers. Because I always tell guys, get out of the car cold. You're cold yeah. when you start because you'll start walking, you'll heat up pretty quick. And um, you know, Denton was giving me crap today because he's like, "All you wear is jeans and like a shirt and a jacket." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, that's well." That was on one of your podcasts earlier, though. You talked you talked about pheasant hunting, and I'm sorry. So you talked about pheasant hunting and and how you like to dress, and and I listened to that earlier, and it, and it makes sense, right? So when you get out, and it's the same for elk hunting for us, right? Mm-hmm. You want when you're hiking up the mountain, you want to be cool. Because as soon as you stop, then then you can put your layers on yep. the top to keep warm. But with pheasant hunting, you're constantly moving, and and it, it, it's great. You know, dress in layers, and uh, so you know, refer back to your earlier podcast, and you hit it right on the head. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely dress light, and then uh, if you're cold, you can dress in layers. Yeah, I mean, gear is important no matter where you're going and what you're doing. So that that should be a, a part of the equation. You don't ever you know, not think about, you know, what are the basics that I need? But, you know, I'd also encourage people to not feel like you have to go top of the line the first time you're doing something. Uh, You look at some of the gear that we are wearing. There was a collection of brands out there. Uh, it's, it's never been a better time to be an outdoorsman or an outdoors woman. There's a lot of great companies fulfilling that need from kind of a value proposition. And you don't always have to have the top of the line to, to enjoy the hunt, but you yep. do need to have those basics. Like you guys talk about, I mean, you need to be thinking about a good base layer. You need to be thinking about good socks. You need to be thinking about good boots, but you don't always have to think that, okay, well, everything I've seen has been X brand, X brand, X brand, X brand. This is what I need to do it. And especially if you've never done that activity before, go do it and see if you would like it before you go dropping a lot of dime into clothing and gear and, and accessories, you know, make sure there's a, there's a decent there. Cause well, let's face it, you know, for your deer hunters listening, you know, how, how many deer have been killed in, you know, flannel shirts and blue jeans. Right. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to add up that number. So it's possible, but I would just encourage people. Yeah. Gear. Think about it, but you know, realize, make sure you enjoy the activity and then go, you know, do what you can to kind of make the hunt enjoyable or better yet, increase your uh, success rate. What can I do to, what, what, what do I missing that's going to make me, you know, better, a little bit better hunter. Right. And I think it's important to note that not everybody can afford a whole Sitka kit. <coughs> Some of us have to 
scrape by with what we've got. So we're I kind of take a little bit of pride in not owning any Sitka gear. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do it without yeah. spending ten grand on clothes. So, so, so here I, I, I was. I was going to chime in with with kind of a nice perk that you know, a nice little plug on. It's not necessarily the gear, but the people you're hunting with. Um, but now I'm going to now, now I'm going to go on a good rant about Sitka. No, no, no. But like I said, it doesn't matter the gear. It's talk to people knowledgeable. I happen to wear Sitka. I can call those guys up, and they'll you know Sitka doesn't do a whole lot of upland. I called them. I said, "Hey, what do you guys use?" They made recommendations to me. But I think more critical, again, coming that I've never upland hunted in my life is, is the group of people I'm hunting with that I could reach out to and say, "Hey." What do I need to bring? What do I need to expect? And that, that's been more critical. Um, I think all of us, um, we look at that big game, you know, going to pull that big elk, you know, sheep hunting, um, you know, the sexier hunting. I never really looked at Upland until I met Daniel. He mentioned that there was hunt coming up. I'm like, okay, that's something I haven't done. It's not that, you know, it's not that Colorado elk hunt. It's not the antelope hunt, you know, not the sheep hunt. But it, it turns out, you know, talking to the right people... Prepping for it, this has been one of the best hunts I've been in. We're day one of three, so I think more than gear, it's it's having the right people to kind of tell you how to get started, and yeah. it's more important. It, it, it's all about layering. It, it really is, no matter what brand you want to go to, but it's about having a good base layer, right? So if you have a shirt that's weakened water away from your skin, um, and, and then dressing in layers, right? I mean, it was windy today, so you needed something. To, to cut the wind, uh, no matter what brand you have, whether it's Sitka or something else. But it, it really is, you know, whether it's, it's uh, you know, like the coat you had, right? I mean, the coat that Daniel was wearing today, you know, stops the wind. And, uh, you know, that's that's really what it's about. So the biggest thing, and I think someone said it earlier, is you know, look at your budget. You don't have to spend a ton of money. Just get out and have fun, right? Find Find a group of friends. Find people that are involved. Find a mentor, someone to get you out. I mean, I mean that's the biggest thing. And, and <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> if if there's kids out there, you know, I mean, obviously we're with uh, NWTF. We'd love to get kids involved, right? But if if you look at if you look at other organizations, find a mentor, find someone that will get you out. Whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult for the first time from the East Coast that maybe doesn't get out much. Um, but whatever it is, it, it's just, you know, get out and experience it and then you can work on your gear, but find that gear that will, will take you from elk hunting to pheasant hunting to whatever it is. Right. I mean, that, that's what it's about. And it's okay to go to Goodwill. It is okay. Absolutely. Your first round out, go there. They have so many good things. Walmart, they got good stuff too. You know, you go out there, you get the right layers, and just make yourself, you do not have to be a brand guy or whatever, the first day out, look like you know what you're doing, go out there and and find something that that works for you and that works for your budget. The biggest thing, though, what I would suggest, you know, Walmart's great, but if you could find a a store like Shields or, or something like that where you have knowledgeable people that will actually explain the difference between a base layer and and different base layers where someone actually has that knowledge, that that's huge. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, because not all of us are 
expertise in, in maybe this type of camo or that type or, or even boots, right? I mean, like, you know, where we changed midday into mucks or whatever it was, right? Because we're, we're in a lot of water. I mean, it, but the people that will tell you that this is, you know, this is what, if you're going into this climate or this weather, this is why it, it's different. And maybe spend the extra $10 because this is how it will help you with a wicking shirt or something like that. So, and that's a good point, Bruce. And, um, you, you know, one thing, we kind of talked around it, you know, a couple of like nicer stuff or have the budget, you know, to buy a little bit nicer stuff. And, um, you know, what I want to impress on people is getting the wrong gear or, or, or go, man, I'm going to buy $50 boots instead of $100 boots. Could be the difference between a good hunt and going home. Uh, or, or a miserable hunt, you know, and like, um, like for example, you know, a couple of us broke through water and said we weren't planning on going to water. I didn't bring my waders. Like, uh, that's yeah. right. He did not bring his waders. So, um, you know, if you don't have quality boots and another pair of socks or good socks, like that could be the end of Brandon's trip, you know? Sure. So uh, I'm going to say, I'm Bruce, I'm sure you, you can mention this, but how many hunts have you seen ruined because a guy brought boots that were new, you know, and he hadn't broken them in or his physical fitness wasn't where it needed to be, you know? Without a doubt, like we talked last night, it was it was about you know when when you have clients come out and they buy a pair of boots before they come and they haven't even worn them right they haven't broke them in and then now they're trying to do an elk hunt or or even like the pheasant hunt today would we cover over seven miles or something it said today yeah. yeah I mean so if you're walking seven miles and you got a brand new pair of boots that you've never worn before I don't care what kind of boots they are yeah, right no. I mean you you've got to you got to walk around a little bit to break that stuff in right yeah. and it's it's, it's important. Yeah, you know, and like, like for example, so I was kind of running down what I was wearing today, and a couple of guys you guys can do that too. Um, I was wearing uh, Danner Vibram boots, hundred dollar boots. Um, I had some First Light wool socks, uh, Wrangler jeans, uh, Orvis vest, um, Orvis shirt, and then a Wild Peller jacket. Um, I had a beanie from somewhere, um, but for more, uh, I can't remember which beanie I was wearing, but you know, not not a ton of money on all that stuff. Um, I've had that vest for. This is my fourth season with that vest. Um, you know, I, that was a little bit more expensive vest. Is the Orvis Pro? At like, least uh, half the guys are wearing that same vest. Yeah, that, that was a great vest. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, how many of us are wearing Orvis vest? I mean, I picked one up because yeah. recommendations from other people uh, that are mutual friends said, "Hey, you, if you're going to do this, you might as well get this. It will last you yeah. years." And it's only what forty bucks more. Than yeah, that. My, yeah, my pro vest is like one hundred eighty dollars when I bought it. Um, and a four seasons, and I hunt it a lot, and I have zero signs of wear on. I have blood on it, and that's about yeah. it. And but that's one of those examples, man. Like you know, buy once, cry once, kind of thing. Or hey, you know, maybe you can't get that vest this year. Uh, you know, go with Walmart vest or, or a borrowed vest, and just you know, and save up for that because it's a quality thing. So. Yeah, so now that we're moving into the sponsored hour of the uh, hunt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fish podcast, no, I, I mean everybody's nailed it around the head. Like we talked about, you know, don't skip on the basics. The basics are what's going to see you through and make you a good hunt. So there are some items in everybody's kit that you just you need to to spend on yeah. there. But there's other ones where you can look at the value. So if you don't have a, a great you know connection or an ability to get a CZ rifle or you're not best friends with the NWTF or you're not rocking federal premium or uh, you know bushnell optics, you can find an opportunity <laughs> to to find some products that are gonna work and, and they're gonna work in that environment. And uh, the other Matt, you know, the, the other you know top gunner in the group 
he just mentioned it. I mean, you know, find those companies, you know, talk about them. But uh, there are a lot of good products out there, and you just need to find something that, that works. And look at those recommendations, not just from, you know, look at your peer group. Ask people. Ask people that you want to hunt with or you've been hunting with and get those recommendations because those guys have put in the hours and they know they can tell the difference when you can upgrade for $25 more and you're going to be happy of it, not in terms of a week's, but in terms of years of use. Yeah. Yeah. And, and real, real quick, so, you know, Brandon mentioned one thing about going to Goodwills and, and, and I've done this before. Like, it's kind of funny. You go to like a Goodwill in a, in a higher end area like Colorado, you can find some real good elk hunting gear. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you just kind of be smart about it. And, you know, if you know what you're looking for, do a little bit of research. Like, just go hit those places up. You know, it's free to go through them. Take a, take a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon and just, you know, hey, I'm looking for some good base layers. You know, and you can get something for two or three dollars and that's a $20 set of base layers, you know, and I mean, yeah. it's some big money. I was going to say too, as a newer hunter, so this is my third year as a hunter and I learned as an adult and a couple great friends and guys like you, right, who who help. And, uh, and I know for me, the thing that what whether it was being able to afford it or not was not the problem that I was trying to solve. Uh, the concern I had was going all in in one direction and then having something that didn't function. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that when people are thinking about it, no matter what your capacity from a financial perspective is, is you don't go, go all in in one direction. You you buy one or two pieces, which I've done, and in, in thankfully, uh, and then you can see like just just like today i i was telling uh daniel uh, off offline here that i bought a couple new pieces and today i was burning up hot because i didn't realize how freaking hot these two pieces of gear were going to be and uh but i hadn't worn them out before yep right so but i didn't buy 10 new pieces i bought you know one or two things and as a matter of fact i'm still sitting in it right and and i'll wear it tomorrow but i now have a better sense of it and so as you approach that now you can kind of build the structure of it and then you also realize you don't need 50 things to roll into camp you need just a few great pieces which in the end you might have spent less in both time and energy solving the problem uh, because you had it dialed in yep he would just talked a second ago about, uh, you know, going around the, the table here and talking about maybe like some of the pieces you were wearing today. And I just want to take a chance to do that. Um, if, you know, not everybody has to say something, but um, for me today, you know, falling through the water like that, I was wearing Rocky boots, like the neoprene ones. So it's like a muck boot. Um, you know, maybe it's not, I don't know how they build them or anything, but. It cost half as much, but it definitely did the job for me today. So that was a place where I saved a little bit of money in what I'm wearing, uh, but it did the job for me. But my Orvis waiter pants that I had on today, they're a little spendy, but I mean, I'm not going to say they saved my life, but they sure saved my day. Yeah. Like they're semi-waterproof well and, well and they you know, they kept me like relatively warm and relatively dry when you were, when you for were a guy that was waist deep in water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for my overalls today, I just wore the Carhartt overalls I wear to work. Like I put on a good base layer. I had a thick flannel jacket on, a long <clears> t-shirt <throat> and, and my vest. Yeah. But, you know, I saved some money on my boots and I think they're fine. But the, the base layer, those Orvis waiter pants were we're a lifesaver today, but like I said, just wore a regular T-shirt and a flannel and a overalls yeah. over that, and and I was just fine. I, I did great. You know, a shout out to Matt Rice. I think he had two saves today. 
Um, I fell through the ice and squealed, and he hit me. <laughs> and then, um, and then Brandon fell through the ice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Chef Brandon. Chef Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Chef no, Brandon. the other Brandon. Too. It, it I a, fell too, but I didn't need to be safe. Uh, you know, I heard some other people talk about tonight, but it was a very odd experience to be walking through some stuff so so thick that you can't actually see the actual surface that you're walking on, and then when you realize it's ice, and then I look to my left, you know, a couple minutes later, Daniel goes down. <laughs> And lets out the squeal, as he said. I'm like, okay. And then I look to my right, and Brandon goes down. And I'm going, I'm in the middle of these two guys. So Brandon the cook goes down. And I'm going, yeah. here I am between two guys that go down. Any minute, I'm in the water. Yeah. I know. That was the only thought that was going through my head. It's like, who's going to get me next? It's like, oh, it's like a movie scene. The left goes, the yeah. right goes. Exactly. And it's and it's one thing, guys, If and, and gals, if – if you're going with someone, whether it's an outfitter or friends or something, ask for recommendations, yeah, right? So, so this is life's about experiences, right? So even today, we learned a lot about today because all of us have, you know, different clothing on, but we share that information. So for me as an outfitter, it's really important, right? We, we have to stay warm. We have to stay dry. So we'll share that information with clients. But this is where, you know, there's 11, 12 of us here. This is where we share that information about yeah. what worked and what didn't, you know. So, um, you know, whether it's a different pair of boots, what the manufacturer is or or whatever it is, that's where it's important. So don't be afraid to ask your friends, hey, what kind of experience have you had? Don't be afraid to ask your outfitter. You know, I mean, that mm-hmm. that's important because firsthand experience, you know, uh, we're all big into marketing and stuff like that. But. When it comes down to firsthand, you you cannot beat that no. when someone you trust, and that's and, and, and whether it's you know CZ uh, shotguns which perform really well today, <laughs> or federal uh, ammunition, premium, premium, premium ammunition premium. that uh, you know worked uh, really well. No, but seriously, it, it really comes down to ask the people that you know, and and and, and even like the seasonings for tonight. You know, I mean, you know, going through Walton's. I mean, phenomenal place that if you can, you know, if you can get their seasonings and, and I'm, I'm telling you, it, it makes a difference. It truly comes in. Yeah. And for me, speaking as an outfitter with it, it truly makes a difference when you can share that experience and it, it's a high quality experience. It makes a difference. Yeah. You, you know, and um, mentioning Walton, well, I don't want to steal too much of Brandon the chef's uh, <laughs> thunder today, but um, I, I brought some ham, some deer ham and some wild pig ham that I made. Um, and I use like I thought it was really good. Maybe oh, the best phenomenal. I've ever had Seriously. in my life. Oh, I hear uh, watch you shoot the pig. That, that, so that, that might even makes better. So we oh, went to Texas. Texas. Seriously, really? Yeah, that's okay, Bruce. You were not invited. Yeah, he was still not, not only, invited. I, I gotta give, uh, give Brandon a lot of credit on this. Not only did he watch me shoot, he he flushed it towards me. Yeah, I, I was helping you out. Hundred percent. Was he holding uh, hold a bag of corn? The dog in the world. He had a bucket full of corn. And, bucket full. Yeah, of you know. Oh, I don't know. And I shot that. I shot that hog at like three feet. Yeah. That was uh, wow. High success rate. Yeah, exactly. Must be a big bucket of corn. But, but but something like that, you know, right. we're sharing recipes, sharing stuff. You know, like I was telling these guys, I just put the Walton's Cure on there, throw it in the fridge, um, like here Sundays, smoke it on my Webby, uh, my Weber 
Smoky Mountain. Yeah, it's been a long day. So there's three. There's high At the end of this, we're gonna count how many companies you reference in this. By the way, my Bushnell scope on my shotgun today was phenomenal. I told you, Bushnell's known for their dominant optics. We all enjoy it. Get your knee pads I just really wanted to thank uh, Rodina Company Mechanical <laughs> <laughs> the time off to come up here and, and take care of this. It's oh, fantastic, man. wonderful thank of them to, to give me the days off that I've rightfully earned and, uh, and come out here. Any, <laughs> any plumbing work. Boom. HVAC. What state is this in? For a 30-second spot. Give out your number. Give out your number. I told you this was one nine hundred. What? Yeah. I'll cook you. I'll cook you dinner and fix your pump. I, I apologize, about this guys, um, to listeners. It's been a long day. It's been a long. We gave you a fair warning. You're entering the sponsor hour. It wasn't a sponsor hour. Yeah. Now, Brandon, you do have the microphone in your hand. Um, I wanted to ask you. Imagine now. You've upland hunted a little bit or a lot of it. Twice or two. What were we wearing today? Yeah, we've hunted twice in the last. Yeah, we did. We did. You came down to my place. Yep. So, what what were we wearing today? What's your go to upland hunting uh, outfit? Well, I do my base layer of not a fan of this place, but under of Under Armour. Okay. Then I wore jeans, and then I wore my uh, chaps from the Ring Neck Classic that they give me, Mm. and then uh, just just the top. I mean, just Under Armour top, and just. Make, just make it work. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 all about layer. I mean, it is. I mean, it could be. I mean, I wear a t-shirt sometimes. I wear sweatshirts. I wear. I mean, I could wear a. Well, you're not wearing cotton. Well, no. Right. No. I mean, you're yeah. wearing a wicking t-shirt. Yeah, right? a wicking. Yeah. You got to okay. be smart. Right? So I did. I did. No matter what the brand is. Yeah. So I did wear. Uh, so the motorcycle guys are really good and really smart, and they have a very good wind stopper frog top. Not it wasn't frog top. What what did I take? What's that called? Crap, I don't even remember. But you don't always have to go into a honey look at, and the motorcycle guys have the best wind stopper stuff. No, I mean, no, they, they, they have some of the best stuff. Yeah, no matter what Bruce says, they have some of the best. I mean, and it's not always the hunting gear. Yep. You know, like you said, the Rocky boots or, you know, a farming, the, the muck boots, the air, like I everything. Remember. You don't have to always wear the hunting gear. That's hunting gear, though. Yep. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Well, I think we, uh, we've gone off the rails a little bit. Never. Never. Now, is there anything he wants to end on? Any final thoughts or uh, if if I have or... to walk anything harder than what I walk today, then I'm gonna ask that <laughs> No, seriously, it, it, phenomenal group of guys and gals. Um Daniel can't thank you enough for the opportunity to be here in South Dakota and, and experience what we did today. Yeah. And that, and it truly it's it's about the experience, right? It's not about limits it's not about how many birds or anything. It, it's truly about just getting together fellowship and uh, having a great time and meeting new people and new experiences and 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 sharing ideas right i mean everyone does come in with something different right everyone someone like brandon may be a specialized in in upland game where myself it's more of the big game stuff right so i can learn a lot from him or brandon the chef or or anyone else here that comes from the east coast or or wherever that 
I'm always trying to learn, right? And that that's truly what it's about, no matter where it is. No, I, I, I got, I, yeah, I got a good ending. It's more of a challenge. I was just gonna challenge the room to go around the table and say how many shots, how many birds drop for you personally tomorrow. Make make that claim tomorrow. So, tomorrow, you're gonna say, hey, it's gonna take me uh, five shots. I'll drop two birds. I mean, whatever, whatever you're gonna sell. You know, uh, I'm just going to challenge up Bruce. Is, he's oh, yeah. he's stepping for the mic. Yeah. He's going to say another 100%, but we know that's not true. And just a reminder, a lot of time blocking. And, and just a a reminder time everybody, blocking. The, the state limit in South Dakota is three birds. understand. <laughs> the state limit is three birds. So <laughs> you're going to hit those three birds, and then you're going to say how many shots it's going to take you. Because we didn't limit out today, and we said there's 11 shooters. So obviously we got a lot of guns in the field. We're hurting hard for these birds. So everybody shooting three birds a piece is not a guarantee, but that is with uh, South Dakota. It is a group total. Unlike some other states, Kansas is not on that bit. So anyway, back to my original challenge. Out of the three birds that you're going to kill to kill tomorrow, Bruce, how many shots is it going to take? So for me, with my CZ USA over and under (laughs) federal premium ammunition, honestly, it'll probably take me. About seven shots, maybe ten. To be honest with you, um, it's not a good it, endorsement it, for any of the products. No, you know, it's, <laughs> the the last is, it, it's not the product. Right? So I, I tell you what, when you come to come to big game stuff, I can tell you it's one shot. But for me, I don't do it like Brandon, not the chef here. I don't, I don't do a lot of upland game hunting. So for me, it's going to take a little more. And uh, but I, I honestly think if you have the proper equipment and and the guys that are. And the gals that are fun and to be perseverance. with. Perseverance, right? And perseverance. It, it's about having a good time. It's, yeah. it's you know. So for me, so, honestly, so it's probably going to take about ten shots to get my three birds. Keep going up next. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to mention about Brandon, not the chef, um, and his shooting <laughs> ability. Um, I hunted with him earlier this week, and we hunted with some kids. And that dude can unload his gun quick. Yeah, uh, doesn't hit much, but he does. Like I heard one, one of the kids like clicking his safety off, and Brandon's gums already. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Man, this quick fun shoot." <laughs> anyway, go ahead. It's go all ahead, about the kids. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, all about the kids. Yeah, that's why oh, he wow. ten shots. I, I was, Brandon's always. Brandon was hunting my backyard bird. That's right. Uh, when, we, when we did that, I was standing next to his son. He goes, "That's my dad." Yeah. <laughs> I, I, go I, ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to go three for three and oh, guarantee bull. that I bull. every shot that every guy has, no, uh, no wait, wait let's talk ever, hold on let's talk about that carry. pheasant that got up let's see who, who, you were there right and that bird that got up right next to him how many shots did it take to get that one bird from from where I was standing, it looked like he may have fired three times before I could even raise my gun at this bird that was maybe twelve yards away. Okay, so how many shots, Brandon? Not the chef. Yeah. This one's three. Well, I was, you heard him. I'm helping the ammo company out right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're struggling, obviously, because they can't find any of their shells. I did shoot three at that, but it didn't fall. I was going to say, are you and, bold enough to yeah. carry three shells? Tomorrow? Yo, there you oh, go. Oh, 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 yeah. Three shells are right ready tomorrow. That's oh, it. Oh, man. Well, I'm not. I carry those. Okay. So, just I've got three for pheasants and about 24 for coyotes. D money, what is uh, what's D-Money. your number here, buddy? D money was on target today. I yeah, have to say, that boy can shoot. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you. 
I've seen him unsling a gun and shoot a rooster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's I, impressive. I, uh, without a doubt, having a sling gun. Yeah, that boy. The, the, the first, the first time I hunted with him, I was like, "Dude, unsling your gun, man." He's, I'm good. Oh and, yeah, uh, and he oh, can, yeah. he can drop that gun down and, and shoot it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to give a quick shout out to Fiocchi Ammunition. <laughs> The email for sponsorship is podcast at hunt dash fish dash dot com. Okay, go. Go ahead, then. And I'm gonna do it in two shells. The gauntlet has been laid. Two shells. Well, it's gonna take me four shells tomorrow. But I have to explain how that's... Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to shoot my three birds, but Brandon's going to kind of wing one, and I'm going to have to clean it up. Oh, oh, that's oh, that's oh, going to come back. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, there you go. I'm down first. On that note, my professional cleanup guy over here, D-Money, um, <laughs> he's going to carry two, two shells to kill his three birds, and he's got to back me up a little bit. So. Yeah. That's going to be good on two shells. shells. We're going to shotgun to get the last one. <laughs> I think I'll take uh, two birds with five shells. I think I'll do that. I'm, I'm very new to upland hunting, so I think uh, I think that's that's the goal for tomorrow. Cool, oh, I like it. Yeah. Boys ain't carrying many shells tomorrow. That's all I got. Yeah. It's going to be a light day. 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 You better put a pin on that other underlayer. I'm still carrying. I can have five. There you go. But. I'm going to take a slightly different approach to this question. Oh, imagine that. So, while I appreciate. The measuring stick that has been laid down. <laughs> it wasn't a measuring stick. It wasn't a measuring stick. I am going to, to say that uh, one of the wonderful things about upland hunting is that when you have 11 people in a field, there's zero guarantee where the bird is coming out. Amen. Yeah. Yep. And there's zero guaranteed, regardless of what gear you were wearing or what the name brand of your gun is. Uh, oh, no. That, CZ USA. Regardless. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Bruce. This is my time. Oh, uh, <laughs> that you uh, – the, the fact of the matter is that it's a team effort. And uh, it was a really special day for me to be able to be in a new place with new people uh, and a new experience and have a wonderful time doing it. And the success ultimately was because we worked together mm-hmm. and the spirit was right and the environment was right. And we took the time and energy and, and desire to do it uh, together. And so, you know, although I am certainly not the best shot here and I certainly have a bag full of, uh, you know, shotgun shells, I look forward to being a member of the team getting after it tomorrow and us um, having a killer day tomorrow. You know, uh, Nathan, I've been coaching a little bit with shotgun uh, this year and I, I was ecstatic to watch you shoot that bird today, man. That was um, awesome. Dude, you were so kicking awesome. cattails. We saw it get up and a couple of us through the side of you and dude, you were yep. jacked to shoot it, man. Um, one, one shot, one bird. Dude, Beautiful. That was impressive. It really it was. was. Cool. Yep, it was, it was cool. a special was moment good. for me. 
Yeah. yeah, no. So I mean, I apologize. I didn't throw this out as a as a measuring stick. This was just a casual questions because I was in the field today with all you guys, and I heard how many rounds went off. Yeah. I saw we still didn't get our limit, so I thought I was asking a general question. But then everybody went around the table, and you know, as yeah. it is at Uncamp, yeah, I throw it on the line. So uh, here's my proposition. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go three and six. Six shots, three birds. Uh, some people, they're going to be some cleanup. Cool We've seen some of these birds too. get hit once, and they're still flying. I saw a bird hit uh, two times solid today and still went to 150, yeah, 200 yeah. yards. We found it, though. Yeah, we, we found, found it. it. We found it on the mic. Uh, so it was dead, but it went way, way, way yeah. down for the down. There was one bird Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, oh, sorry. No. Yeah. Let me deviate because everybody's answering the question. Uh, and I'm going to say my wife's going to go uh, three for five. I don't think she was the only one in camp. We did hit a bird today. Easy, 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 Nathan. Easy, easy, Nathan. Nathan, easy. I, I think my wife officially was the only the only person in camp that couldn't claim a partial because that's what I'm claiming. Because uh, I sent several men to what's D uh, money. I sent a couple D money's away. Uh, <laughs> that he capitalized on. Talk about being a good shot. The last one I sent his way, I knew I put a pellet in it, but I saw the guy threw off his glove and then he shot the bird. <laughs> I love my dog. dog went over there and got it because it still wasn't down. It was running. Dog went over there and tackled it, got it. So right. that was awesome. We Teamwork. Didn't, didn't lose Teamwork. that bird. And then I come back. I'm like, he, he's looking around the ground. Like, You're right. He's like, no, I'm trying to figure out where my glove is. <laughs> so, so, so as my wife, yeah, she's gonna clean up tomorrow, and uh, she's gonna shoot lights out. So go to Wilderness for more information. Yes. <laughs> One of the coolest things of the, the there have been many amazing stories, and the, the fine gentleman who you know I wasn't. Uh, well, he's on the fine top. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> One of the coolest parts of the story today, though, was you, Matt, shooting. A gun that is from your Smart Nights episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, no, it's no, no, from no. your yeah, yeah, you know, it's my granddad's granddad's rifle yeah. or shotgun. Yeah, and this is my dad's your bird dad's dogs, bird dog. Essentially, so this is a this is a bucket list trip that we never got to take together. That I'm bringing his dog a up. Bucket list uh, trip that no, no, you no, never no, got no, to take yeah. together. We'll talk about tomorrow. And <laughs> it was it was a really cool thing, and that is like the spirit of everything that freaking happened today. Yeah, is yeah. The, the, trans- no, the transformation and, and education Jesus, of generations that have come across that literally got to to. Um, Unfold and become like, real today. Yeah, awesome. you opened up another can of worms there, man. We could run on for another two hours. Yeah. So that's tomorrow night's or the final night's episode. We'll dive into that. But no, this is a special trip for me. And, and we mentioned earlier, uh, South Dakota flush. I mean, that, that, that was the, it's the real. it was real. Yeah. And it's here. Wow. So it's if you want to chase it, go chase it's it. But fun. now we're going to roll it up to, uh, see what, what Garrett's going to do tomorrow. <laughs> I'm thinking he's going to say three for four. I think he's got three for three. Three for three. three. No, I saw a little bit on the side. One shot, one minute. Now, if we were talking like rifle at long range, (laughs) I'd have a different answer to this, but I can promise you I'll be carrying 50 shells with me. So I struck out today. I contributed to us not making our limit as a group, but... Um, being my first time out, uh, I had a great time. So tomorrow, I'm not going to set any expectations other than have a good time, and uh, hopefully tomorrow will be my first uh, my first pheasant uh, 
uh, of my life, actually. So will be, will be, will be. I thought you, sm- I thought you smoked one. That's I, I my might have contributed to a pellet or two on a, on one of them, but <laughs> there's the um, last run. You certainly did. Well, you will remind yeah. voice. So uh, unassisted, I'll. Yeah. I'll be happy with one good bird tomorrow, but I'm going to aim for, oh, you know, taking yeah, three. Three have, for three will be great. It's a mission now. I was going to say, like, I, people I, people I, my goal is to, to group get goal. Group, group, group goal. So, group goal. Two people, new yeah, birds. for sure. Yeah. Jess and Garrett got to get on Spurs tomorrow. An undefined. That's my word. Hey, 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 Bruce. You want to shoot anything tomorrow, or are you just going to keep walking? You already said it. I told you already. What did I tell you? Ten shells. Part of the group, and then three birds, ten shells, and you know what? It it is. It's about the team, and Mm -hmm. it's about really when you listen to everyone talk, it's about helping others. I mean, that's what life's about, right? If we can, if we can get back to to helping others achieve that goal of that first experience, about taking that first bird, or about getting them involved, whether it's youth hunters or adults or, or whatever it might be that that's what life's about well you know guys um there's no i in team you know no, you're so exactly right there is an uh, m and there's nope. an m an e an a what's the other letters <coughs> here? T. T. Meat. that's right t so Meat. um no I, I think um i i always carry two boxes of shells um i think it's a cardinal sin to run out of shells in the middle of the field yeah, Amen. you don't want to yeah, you don't um, want that exactly right. dude and, and you got to hand shells to brandon or or oh, exactly yeah not <laughs> brandon the chef <laughs> brandon the chef but that's all right but no um, dude thanks guys for sitting down with me i know it's yeah, kind of getting late night it's been a long day um, I think we had a good really? time and talked a little bit. Hopefully, we gave some sort of information along. I, I don't know. Oh, we did. If you and stay then, long you for the sponsored hour, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Reach out to the box. I'll give you It really is. It's about the group of us having fun. Bunch of guys that just and gals just experiencing a great time together, right? People that didn't, we didn't know each other except for all in one Daniel. But, and now we're coming away with friendships and relationships that we're going to build over the future and uh, and now you guys are like me or like you guys a lot better than me so (laughs) yeah absolutely cut him out cut him out no more podcasts no brandon over there no daniel you're you're the heart of this and uh we appreciate the invitation and uh being a part of this all of us like i say it's a great group where everyone gets along you know one thing i love about what i do and when i get hang out this um i love hunters man you know, I'm a hunter. We're all here hunters at some level. And um, it, it, you just speak a different language. You know, it's kindred spirits. I don't know, lack of a better term. And, you know, the way I explain it is, like, I'll be at a dinner party or something, which is not hunting related. And um, I'll find the guy that's a hunter there, man. Yep. You know, and it's like, and you're like, hey, man. It's, that's right, dude. You yep. just you, you pick it up it. real quick. And it's kind of like this, man. You know, we're all hunters. Um, we like hunting. We like animals. We like seeing the flesh. Like, we like the chase. So today was a good day. You know, we got to see that, got to do that, and uh, I'm excited for the next two days, man. But also, Brandon, sir, Brandon, the chef. No offense, Brandon, the other yeah. chef. But seriously, Brandon, I mean, it, it's truly about. Uh, field the fort. Field the yep. fort, really. I mean, yeah. it really is about what we harvest and how we prepare it. It's all. I mean, all and you can purpose. share, the, for me, the biggest thing of wild game is people overcook it. Yeah, a lot of people overcook it. I mean, if you if you kind of watched, I, I really went through it with with Daniel so he could take some pictures. Um, and uh, I mean, we were 
you get the skillet hot, you put some butter and oil in it, and you get it to that smoke point, and then you're looking at how thick we had those steaks cut tonight. We had some, some like, rather thin, and that's not a, not a complaint. They were perfect. The, the texture, the thickness was great, but, I mean, especially after we sous vide them, we need, we need 35, 40 seconds tops on each mm-hmm. side. Pull it out. It'll carry over cook. You know, you're, you're going to keep, keep cooking that meat even after you pull it out of the skillet. Don't, I mean, just, it's not a roast. It's a steak. Go yep. get like one. Yep. Um, no. But more to your, your other point, uh, you know, we, we enjoy sitting around and, and drinking and talking together. We enjoy walking through the field and hunting together. But everybody also, I think, at least for me, it's it's really personal is enjoying a meal together. Yes. I think that's that's something, you know, one of the, the coolest things that you can do with somebody is to, to cook something from your heart and share it with somebody else. And uh, I think it's a real team building exercise or community yep. event that right. grows people closer together. Yep. Well, it's getting late and I think we're all tired. So, um, right. <laughs> they're going to drink and, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to go to bed, man. So, uh, awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you. Daniel. Thank you for listening to this episode of the hunt fish eat podcast. I know it got a little crazy there, and um, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Um, we had a great time, and uh, we're going to be killing some birds in the next couple of days. So if you like this episode and all the you know, episodes of the Hunt, Fish, Eat podcast, please like and share them with your friends and family. Um, when, when you do that, it just helps this podcast reach more people, and um, it makes me be able to produce a lot more content if more people are listening to it. So if you could do that, that would really be helpful. If you can um, go on Facebook and like us at Hunt, Fish, Eat Podcast, Instagram, Hunt, Fish, Eat Podcast, and our website, hunt-fish-eat.com. Uh, all those are great places to follow us or check out what, we're, what we have going on. Um, also, our Patreon page. So uh, Patreon, if you go check that out, it's patreon.com slash huntfisheat. There are a couple levels of support you can jump on. Um, and those, if you jump on at certain levels, you could do some awesome stuff from here or have opportunities to everything from you know, wild game dinners to uh, joining me on the hunt that we just talked about. So um, a lot of cool things going on, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check out my sponsors, waltonsinc.com and clayshootingapparel.com. 